0: I'm Rachel Dillon.
1: And I'm Marcus Dillon.
0: And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys
1: and challenges
0: of running a business with your spouse or family.
1: Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead
0: and live happily ever after. Well, welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss.
1: I'm Marcus Dillon.
0: I'm Rachel Dillon, and I think we should just go ahead and make this a trend of we've had our Sonic, so we're ready to go again. Sonic, we support you daily, so any sponsorship you want to give back to the podcast, we'll gladly accept.
1: Yeah. Um, Giving away all the free advertising of the two people that are listening to this. So what's
0: your what's your drink of choice? Or what's Mine? your order of choice from Sonic? Oh, you gotta
1: go Route forty four Diet Coke with ice. It's the dream.
0: Yeah. Not not that. So I go, maybe maybe it's opposite. Uh, Diet Dr. Pepper, no ice.
1: I think Sonic just dropped the sponsorship because <laughs> they believe in that ice quite a bit and everybody else just, you know, logged off because if you don't like Sonic Ice, something is wrong. Your but life. let me
0: let me give you a pro tip. So, as a as an accountant, I guess um, by proxy, I need to get the most bang for my buck. And if you put ice in it, then you're getting less drink. And Sonic, they have their temperature of their fountain drinks turned down low enough um, that they are cold when they come out and don't have to have ice. So, anyway, yeah. pro tip, you- free tips. Best best accounting advice you've ever received um, may have just been dropped on you.
1: Yeah, you're an (laughs) addict is what you are. So,
0: (laughs) yes. All right. So
1: we're back. Um, And so we're talking about um, things to consider before hiring your spouse. This could easily be applied to any other family member, friend, somebody that you have a relationship with other than employment, I guess. And so um, if you've listened to the previous episode, maybe you want to go listen to that. But just as a quick recap, um, things to consider up to this point, up to this episode are the needs of the business and what other options exist, unique qualifications of your spouse or that person to fill those needs, and then desired role or outcome of your Of that person, we won't even say spouse. We'll just say of that person. Um, you could totally take this as like a much higher HR issue and, uh, approach it from a very professional lens and view your spouse as any other candidate for the role. That's, that's probably what you should do, honestly
0: all right so we're starting part two today of things to consider um, when you are considering hiring a spouse and we're just going to broaden that term of spouse to anyone that you could likely be spending holidays and vacations and days off with someone that you're sitting across from thanksgiving dinner or uh, relaxing on the beach with probably need to go through these same considerations Um, So let's get started. So first consideration um, of part two is definitely looking at what is hiring your spouse or friend? What are going to be the effects of that change or that transition?
1: Yeah, so um, how is life going to change? How is relationship gonna change? I know that speaking from personal experience, we had to figure that out with what it meant to our family uh for us as a couple so i think given your transition in what what words of wisdom what what talking points do you have there for people
0: so this is one that i think that we really did we maybe actually did consider this before hiring so we talked through the family but we may have been limited to talking through all the good things that would come of me leaving my teaching um, position to coming to work for the firm. So when I was coming, I was going to come as part-time only. So then I would have more available time for the girls. So getting them to practices, picking them up from school, um, going on field trips, having lunch with them, those sorts of things. And so we actually did consider what that would look like as far as, okay, I'm no longer tied to my classroom you know for the school day and then have additional work that i would be working on in the evenings or have to get done and so um we did talk through that so then something that we didn't talk through because i was coming from uh one place of employment and actually decreasing my hours um was if i had been a mom who worked in the home or a stay-at-home mom at the time who would be coming into um a role, whether it be part-time or full-time.
1: I think that would be a much bigger change to discuss. And I I think that's probably the more natural change that most people go through is um, the family has made a decision for the person to provide at home during a certain age of the children or even if you're taking care of somebody else, maybe a parent or grandparent. And then the opportunity comes up, the need comes up for this person to fill the role in something that's special, the business, the family, the family business. So um, do not do not discount, I guess, what the impact is, because it's much harder, much more painful to live through those effects if they aren't thought out. Right. And we were very naive in thinking mainly on the positives and what that looked like um we discounted completely the other role from the very beginning so there there were a lot of benefits to your job um when you taught and and we did not probably give those credit for for whatever reason because we were so driven to to make it work the other the other option that we really probably discounted a lot of the the positive for the other so
0: yeah so i think considering when you have a spouse um working now with you in your business you guys are sharing roles of the business throughout i would say majority of the day so then at home that's going to look different so things need to be discussed of when is grocery shopping going to happen and who's going to do it who's going to do laundry is the same person always responsible for pick up and drop off of kids? Or if a, if a child gets sick, who how do you handle who's going to take care of that kid? So um, I think those are all things to just discuss. So expectations are set and one person doesn't feel like the expectation is all of those things live on them, but now they have limited time to do it.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um... You know, teamwork makes the dream work. Right. And I think going into it with a plan, with a playbook of, hey, here's our schedule. Here's how we're going to do life. And because now you got two two calendars, right? The family calendar and the office calendar kind of co-mingled and definitely doing that the right way from the very beginning uh, was a learning curve for us.
0: Yeah. And um, just really setting that out, we mentioned on part one um, of things to consider that looking at all the other options that are out there. So for the responsibilities that do need to take place at home, can those things be outsourced? Can you hire um, or get help with the house cleaning and the laundry? Can you do grocery delivery instead of that person who typically went into the store and shopped uh, for groceries and really sitting down and asking, asking the kids, asking each other, what do I do at home that's really important and valuable to you? And what do I do that you couldn't care less if it happened at all? And definitely don't care if I'm the one who has to do it.
1: Yeah, I think someone very wise in your life asked or put that question on your heart to actually ask our children that question. And um, what what was the result of that, I guess, whenever you asked our kids were a different age to where they could respond versus young babies like they, I mean, who knows what they would respond, right? But how did our kids respond with those situations?
0: Yeah, um, I think there were some things like having the house perfectly clean, having the laundry like always done, put away, ready, um, picking them up and taking them to practices. Those were some of the things that I felt uh, that I needed to have done at all times, perfectly, of course. Um, But asking them, really the only one that mattered to them at the time was they did want me or, or you, um, taking them to practice. They didn't necessarily want like a driver. So somebody that they didn't know, or somebody who's not, wasn't one of us in the family taking them to and from practice. And so that was something that we made sure to, keep steady. Uh, then they turn into teenagers. They have friends who drive and they could care less if we are anywhere. They would much rather go with their friends um, or drive themselves wherever they need to get.
1: Yeah. It's a lot more fun with friends, especially when you have <laughs> access to the Chick-fil-A, Starbucks app, credit card or debit card um, at your disposal on the way home, and you can stop for a snack. Um, yeah. Who, w- who wouldn't love that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that, that's really good. So the effects <laughs> on the family, any other considerations or, or effects on the relationship, I guess, any other considerations there before we
0: go to the next? Yeah, just thinking through, um, we kind of talked about me leaving one position and coming into uh, another position within the firm. And so thinking through, I was a teacher. Um, I wouldn't say that I was a Boss, or had a title that you know held a lot of distinction or anything like that. However, I was the teacher in the classroom, so uh, I was in charge of you know, however many kids were sitting there in front of me. I didn't really have anyone else telling me what to do or when to do it. I planned out every minute of every day um, and was in charge of that I, I wasn't waiting on somebody to tell me what to do or to tell me how to do it. Other people may be leaving a different career or profession where they do have a management, um, title. Maybe they do have more responsibility, um, and have a lot of pride in that. So I think another thing to consider is what, where are they coming from and, um, just taking into account ego and pride that may need to be addressed if they're coming from what would be considered a higher position into maybe a lesser position. Um, likely they're wanting less stress and less responsibility. They're wanting that, but they may not be considering what that's going to do if now they're looking at their spouse as the one who's, you know, instructing them a lot of their day.
1: Yeah, even more. Maybe a third day, <laughs> uh, and so I think I think that's where boundaries have to exist. Uh, but it, it, it is a really good point. And just so the listeners know, you didn't like quit mid year. You finished up the year. You went out on top as teacher of the year. Um, so uh, you know it it, ha- it has to be done the right way, and you don't want to burn any bridges in in the in the short term whenever you're exiting because. Hey, if it doesn't like, that's what we said from the very beginning, if this doesn't work, you can always go back to teach and, um, you know, some days that probably feels like the the right answer, but, um, for most of the part, I, I think not. And so I, I would recommend just like any other exit from a team that that's considered, um, that you do that the right way.
0: Well, just in case there are any other teachers listening, um, who are considering going to work with their spouse, make sure when you finish the year that you let your spouse know you are not starting until after the summer, because you have already earned that summer. You're getting paid through that summer. So make sure they know Marcus, I think you made me start on like June 6th or something. I think I ended one job in like the very next Monday, uh, I started at Dillon CPA. So that was something else that we didn't fully consider was what are the kids going to do during the summer when they're not at school and they weren't the age where they were already going to a daycare um, so again considerations of what does that transition look like for the responsibilities of the family um, when both spouses go to work in the business
1: yep well good staff so uh, the next point that we were going to touch on this time is just, just the growth, right?
0: Yeah. So growth path within the business, um, what does that look like? I, we, were, we were naive or maybe I was just naive. I thought I was coming in and I would always be the front desk girl. Like that's what I thought was like my... That was the pinnacle. That's where I was starting. And that's where I would finish. Um, I would be at the front desk, answering phones, making copies, scanning papers. Um, I don't think that we really ever had that position. And even our current person who helps um, with some of those responsibilities, that's not her. That's not actually her only role or responsibilities within the firm. Um, so really talking through what does, maybe you are starting in one place within the business. And then do you have a desire to, uh, we'll say move up the ladder um, if that fits and is relevant to your business or um, really what is, what is the plan for the spouse?
1: So is this um, podcast, this episode also kind of, your growth path—like, are you going to let listeners in on what your goal is, um, or is that too depressing?
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't want to scare anybody, but I think we're we're open enough. Um, f- we're good enough friends with our team i always say i'm always trying to exit right (laughs) like how do do i how do i not work at all uh anywhere how do i become independently wealthy and independent um but yeah no that's that's my growth path
1: (laughs) yeah it would it would be great if you became independently wealthy by the way (laughs) i would support that uh fully
0: i I think that's my only way out right (laughs) that's that's it
1: Death or independently wealthy. Yeah, I guess so. So um, so with growth path, you know, this is a lot of what we do at the office and for clients. So growth, looking at different mechanisms to look at growth. Part of it is financial growth as well. Right. So I guess talking into the finances, is it now appropriate to kind of touch on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, and and hopefully hopefully the need for bringing on this person is part of the growth path of the business and it's you know things are moving up and to the right and you know revenue is growing business is growing it's taking more need or, away from the founder or founders and they need trusted support so that's probably what's led to the beginning of this conversation so as that growth plan continues the financial picture, you're, you're obviously trading one salary for potentially another. And um, maybe it is more or less than what they were making at the other. Maybe it's more because they stayed at home and did not have an income outside of the home. Um, but maybe it's less because overall, you know, the total compensation package at their previous employment was. A certain salary plus benefits plus certain other perks that maybe don't exist in the business and so i know that that was one of the big uh, deciding factors and probably delayed our decision for a year or two was just benefits like insurance and things like that so as a young family we place value on on that health insurance and we wanted to make sure that we had a plan in place so that's another consideration That I think is very important before you pull the trigger, hire them and they give notice at their previous employment.
0: Yeah. And then um, maybe if we are we have some listeners who um, are not in the accounting space, um, what are some of the benefits um, financially for the business of hiring the spouse?
1: There are benefits Um, you you have to weigh benefits and like pros and cons of both sides. So benefits of hiring the spouse is obviously continuing to grow the net worth of the owner. And so if, if you're not paying wages outside of the family, those wages then stay inside the family. Um, Sometimes it's just easier to pay the wages outside the family though. So paying the wages, increasing the family net worth. We're in Texas where it's community law state. So 50% of what's yours is 50% mine, vice versa. So um yeah, the a lot of times we'll see owners start putting family members on payroll for the work that they're doing in the business. And really maybe they're just maximizing retirement benefits that they have in place. And so maybe that's just the step one, because the extra income uh, that would come along with like W-2 wages aren't really that big of a benefit because they factored in the payroll taxes and things like that. And so they're trying to maximize as much benefit as they can from a retirement perspective, but minimize payroll taxes. And it's really finding that balance for what that person is doing in the business. Now, that works when it's a couple, when it's a when it's spouses when it is family members that's not the case so if you hire your parent or sibling or relative um that that is not the case there and so you have to pay something that's a little bit more equitable more market value for that person and if that person were to leave you're going to be in a much better spot because you're used to paying market so whenever you bring in that other option that existed before you hired them th- then you're kind of back to a reasonable budget because you're already paying that person a fair a fair total compensation package so
0: yeah so i think um what i hear you saying is really the financial benefit or the tax benefit of hiring your spouse is probably the last in the least consideration of actually hiring your spouse that where there's a need that needs to be filled, um, by, by personnel, by a person.
1: Correct. Um, we'll have some people as part of tax planning, their spouse does something, isn't an integral role in the business and they're on payroll and they're maximizing. But once that need kind of really transfers to, Hey, I'm going to need you to show up, tomorrow at eight 30 and you can't leave until <laughs> and, and five every
0: day thereafter.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably a little bit different of an, of a conversation of a need, um, and it's definitely not a conversation that's happening just because of like tax planning and business planning. So, um, but yeah, that, that definitely the, the growth, the financial growth, can you support that decision is, is the business there maturity wise to support that decision.
0: Yeah. And so I think moving on to our last consideration um, would be just talking about having your spouse that <laughs> they're showing up at 830 and staying till five Monday through Friday. Is that sustainable long-term? So is your spouse the long-term solution um, for that need that you're trying to fill? I,
1: I, I think that you have to be realistic and everybody hopefully loves that person that they do life with and hopefully they like them too uh, enough to want to spend time with them that much time, (laughs) but you have to be realistic. So what are the traits of your spouse? Are those traits going to make life at the office more difficult is your spouse? Are they not a good listener or do they not follow through? Do they show up late? And I've just described myself on purpose. (laughs) Um, so just
0: yeah, make make that real clear. You didn't describe me; you were describing no, no. yourself in those.
1: And and so when you decide to hire me and come on board uh, to this, <laughs> I would
0: fire you. Yeah, you would be uh, fired.
1: I would p- apply for unemployment day one. So, um, <laughs> so all those traits that your spouse uniquely brings to your relationship, how is that going to impact the business? And you have to do that at arm's length. Uh, evaluate them just like any other candidate. I know that in the, in the season of hiring that we do, uh, you do social profiling and kind of look at other aspects of people's lives and try to get to learn a little bit about them during the interview process and ask questions and just see how they're going to be as a person, because, um, you know, technical skill only goes so far, Uh, especially with our team. You have to, you have to be fun to be around. You have to be able to communicate really well, or it may, it may not be um, a long relationship. So I, I think those are the things that you have a unique and intimate perspective of your spouse because you know them probably better than others. And you, you have to be honest in is it a good fit um, or is it, is it a good fit or is it an easy fit? And if it's just mm-hmm. an easy fit, I, I don't, that, that is not. That is probably not appropriate with moving forward. And so I think you owe it to yourself, your business and your spouse, maybe to not hire your spouse at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. And so really looking at that and just revisiting um, the points that we made earlier about your spouse can't necessarily be your Backup. So when, if you're hiring your spouse, they can't necessarily be the person that is your fill in or your other half, because then when you do have family emergencies, vacations, things like that, you can't both be out together. Um, And then the other thing, does it make sense to set a term limit um, as far as the experiment. So you're deciding that, yes, we think this is the appropriate option. This is the best option is to hire my spouse. And then do you set a trial like you would do maybe for any other team member of the 90 days to revisit How is this going? Is this working? Or maybe since it's your spouse, you give it a little bit longer, maybe you give it six months or a year, but uh, maybe you set a time limit. Or if they are filling a need um, temporarily because they are easy right then, but they're not sustainable long term to definitely set a time limit, like by this such and such date, we need to have somebody who is long term in place
1: i think if you deviate from what you would do for other new team members there has to be there has to be a good reason for that so i think it's to make to make it easier on the business on the business owner on the rest of the team i would stick to what you would do for other team members so much like you have a 90-day probationary period across the board for all new team members do the same for your spouse um do one-on-ones do weekly check-ins do um You know, formal reviews, however many time times a year, follow that same cadence that you do with, um, with other team members. And because ultimately there are, there's more than just one important thing in this equation in the business. The other important thing is the relationship and the family that is behind the business. So I think you owe it to that relationship to be candid enough and have things on the calendar to where it forces those conversations to be addressed. And, you know, there's books out there, um, where, you know, it, it, encourages you. It tells you stories about being candid and honest and open and having good communication. Because if you, if you keep not addressing it, just brushing it off, it's gonna bubble up into a much bigger problem
0: yeah um is it andy stanley that says to be unclear is to be unkind Um, and ever since i have heard that i kind of live by that now so it was easy to brush it off or let it go or or not say something or (laughs) do it uh, in a passive aggressive way (laughs) um, but have found uh, i'm wiser now and know better to to really just speak clearly of of what's going on um i think you set out some homework for us to do so we'll probably need to wrap this episode up uh because i would say that i have not had a formal review <laughs> for my job and i have been here more than eight years now um and if we're going back to the name of our podcast who's really the boss does that mean i get to give you a formal <laughs> review which also has not happened um even though we do it for all of our other team members
1: uh, whatever <laughs> are you nervous whatever...
0: are you nervous does it make you nervous
1: yeah that's do i have to do the three three one and fill that out <laughs> like on growth plan and what i think i'm
0: oh i think we're going straight scorecard for you buddy
1: oh I'm probably going to get put on a growth plan and then get off the bus really quick here. Um, so this may be my last podcast. If it was, it was fine. So
0: (laughs) we'll tell the listeners any last words since this might be your last one.
1: No, I think in, in all, in all honesty, uh, learn from our mistakes, learn from what we may not be doing well, what we're trying to improve upon. Um, be, Be candid and candor goes a long way in any relationship. There are resources out there. There are great leaders like Andy Stanley that can encourage you along the way. Um, Find other people that are also in your same situation. Make sure that you're kind of working off of one another and you've got resources that you're following up with. But in kind of leaving you today, um, you know, just thinking about those top three that we've talked about. So the effects on other you know other relationships the family effects on the family um or home whatever you want to say maybe you don't have a family at home um the growth path for that spouse and the growth path for the business making sure that it is the right financial decision and that it can be supported and then finally what's sustainable long term and i think if you go into it with those three things in mind you're going to be ready for our next conversation, which is about best practices, right?
0: Yeah, and listeners, you guys are already ahead of the game. Um, You're already considering, you're already planning. So don't do exactly as we did learning the hard way. We have found a better way and are just trying to help you guys um, on that path. All right,
1: excited for what's next.
0: All right.